everybody and welcome to Dublin Tech Talks. It's Gavin Fox here. Uh, on today's show, we are speaking to CEO and founder of Bineric, um, Ari Poor. Ari is an Irish Iranian entrepreneur who's founded Bineric, um, which is an Irish-based social housing management solution that's user-friendly, cloud-based and always on. Um, they believe it enables a straightforward and stress-free property management system. So we hope you enjoy and we will speak to you soon. Thank you. So welcome to Dublin Tech Talks, Ari. It's um, it's great to meet you. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you very much, Gavin. Thank you for the invita invitation. So I saw Ben Eric on start of the month in Business Post, uh, which is always really good to see because, you know, when you're in there, things must be going well. So can you tell me a bit more about the business, where the idea came from, what, what problems you're trying to solve? Yeah, so... The ideas actually came from uh, me being, a, you know, practical. Um, I've been involved as a consultant to advise on a software application used on one of the housing uh, association providing social housing here in Dublin. So after understanding what they're doing and, you know, where they want to get and, you know, the problems on the ground, I understood that there's a, such a fantastic, you know, work that they do for the society pretty much putting, you know, people in homes. So I, I sort of wanted to be part of it. It just sounded really exciting. And, you know, they're doing a fantastic job in terms of building homes and finding people that, you know, need homes. So, you know, I, I immediately thought I could be a good tech partner. I could really be able to take it to the next level to be able to provide the tools that they need to be able to do their, you know, the roles, you know, the role in the society that they have chosen, you know, much better. And hopefully, you know, we could accelerate it with given all these housing crises happening with all these, you know, social housing lists and things like that. You know, it's, it's, I think it's such a, such a, um, um, I suppose, responsibility that I, I could take and also in terms of, in a, you know, to contribute in a different way. Um, sort of indirectly to support uh, this mission. So I began to look at the requirement for existing social housing applications, vendor, uh, vendors and suppliers um, for this market um, um, within Ireland, the UK. So I discovered the, you know, the, the big market gap and, and, and the big uh, potential that exists, um, you know, after studying, you know, carefully, um, the Irish and the UK market. So I decided to just, you know, um, you know, establish Binaric um, um, as a company. Um, so here in Dublin. So that's basically where the journey, you know, journey started. Brilliant. And you, you kind of launched at a, at a very interesting time. Um, the, um, the kind of, We'll keep going. I can I can edit it, so there's no problem. Um, so so you launched in 2020. Your lights are gone again. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some electrical work happening or something. Um, yeah. No problems. Okay. So so you launched in 2020 on the on the eve of the biggest business turmoil and, and turmoil around. How did that kind of make you feel? How did you react as a as a CEO as a leader? You know, what what was the kind of thoughts there? Oh God, where do I start? Um, 
you know, I would like to say that I've had um, other businesses, you know, other experiences, you know, as an employee, as a business owner in the past, you know, you, you feel that you could be prepared for things. You know, when you establish a new startup with some past experiences, you know, you're hoping to plan for the known things mm. and prepare for the unknown. And only this time, the unknown is just much bigger. Yeah. So, you know, spend half of the first, uh, first half of 2020 pretty much working from home, um, you know, and, you know, trying to recruit, you know, get the right people. And, you know, you're constantly behind Microsoft Teams and, you know, trying to, you know, trying to manage things, organize things and things like that. And then, you know, you ask yourself, am I doing enough? And, you know, is the team doing enough? You know, because you're not there, you can't see. Yeah. I suppose the big question um, um, for me was that, like, how do you build a relationship, you know, with, with, with the new team that you got that even the team members haven't met, you know, in person remotely? Mm. So, like, I personally like to meet people face to face, shake hands, you know, um, you know, but I, I guess I was very, very lucky. Um, you know, to just, you know, get the right people in the team in the first place who could actually understand the goal and believing in it. Yeah. It's, uh, it was, you know, you look at the timelines and everything. It was, it's I, the biggest struggle, even for our own, my own business is, is building up that rapport, building new teams, um, really getting to know people has, has been a struggle. And from talking to other business leaders, that, that is a, a continued one. Um, but interestingly, and probably a good point is you, you are based in Dogpatch. So, you know, the, the kind of the, the multiple support structures that is Dogpatch must be a great kind of business relief, personal relief. Is, is that something that you've lent on? Is, is that a kind of a, a good positive out of a negative? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Dogpatch Labs, you know, have a great energy, um, you know, that you know, we have certainly, you know, been able to use to our advantage, you know, um, in the past year, at least. And, you know, we have been also, um, you know, able to take advantage of meeting, you know, a few people within Dublin ecosystems through Dogpatch, um, you know, that has been great. And, you know, you know, even at the minute that, the, you know, you know, people are, you know, starting to return and, you know, the buzz is, you know, certainly back, you know, so, you know, we are, you know, we, we are actually growing um, and, you know, grown at, you know, to the point um, that we are now looking, you know, looking into moving to um, our own office space where we can, uh, you know, pull the team together and, you know, when, when you know we are able to all work from the office again yeah so that's you know that's a big thing for us um to be honest so you you, you mentioned just in, in our chat before you've grown from what one to 20, 28 and still hiring in in the last 12 months it's it, or what have we now 14 months that's that's yes. an amazing story on its own um you know it's it it brings its own trials and tribulations and it brings its you know, as you mentioned, trying to get that together, but in, in the market at the moment and how busy it is, it's, it's, it's a real positive news story as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I guess, you know, 
again, we have been very lucky, you know, um, you know, COVID itself has impacted, you know, my business, um, in fact, a lot because I couldn't, um, I couldn't easily go to the conferences, meet people, you know, as again, I'm a person to just, I like to meet people, shake hands, you know, and, you know, build a personal relationship, you know, even though, you know, I'm a, you know, younger generation, but I still, I feel I'm a little bit old fashioned. So I don't think, you know, um, talking to someone or people through laptops and all that, that, that does, you know, it's, it's not the same thing. Yeah. It doesn't feel the same thing, you know, and it's just very, very difficult to communicate. And, you know, growing the team to this size, um, through this just a technology by itself has been challenging but yet rewarding because you know by end of the day we 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 grown to this number and you know we are hoping to grow to to be um, around 40 people by end of the year so um you know it's, it's a positive news yes could it be better yes could it be worse yes but you know i think we have done as a team not only myself like every individual person in the team they really contributed to just get to this point. And now you, you mentioned it earlier around, you know, this is your, your first venture. You, you, you have come through that, you, you know, nothing on your, your profile would, would scream tech entrepreneur. Um, you know, it's, it's more the traditional tech background you've come through. H- how have you found that transition from employee to founder, tech entrepreneur, now to a, a growth business? How have you found that challenge to yourself, your mindset, and, and kind of what have you learned? Well, I guess, um, you know, like, you know, my LinkedIn profile doesn't really represent me very well. I'm not a, one of those guys to, you know, um, big in advertisements, you know, to sell myself. Um, I know that's probably one of, you know, CEO's duty, <laughs> you know, but, but I have, um, you know, but I have, um been involved um you know and another startup that was totally non-technology related mm. so i guess you know to just start briefly like you know um i suppose when i graduated from the college you know um it's more than 10 years ago at the stage jesus i feel old now I'm, I'm um, bored, don't worry <laughs> <laughs> so um you know i i started like you know doing some sort of like you know, PLC programming, you know, with, you know, Siemens machines and so on. And for years, then after that, I worked in public sector and I had to deal with, you know, uh, the austerity, you know, all the budget cuts and things like that. And you still had to just provide the same, you know, uh, service um, to the, to the users has been, it was very difficult, but yet achievable just because, you know, technology is, it's, it's a great thing. You could achieve, more with less if you know how to employ it yeah and then and obviously um you know i gained a lot of experience in 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 public sector and then um you know decided to do my mba part-time in the evening and after that you know then i felt like i'm really ambitious so you know let me just get into a business pure business so i um i i just you know, when and you know, talk to some suppliers here in Ireland in terms of dairy products. So I set up a new company in Africa, in South Africa, in you know, in fact, in um, 
in SADC countries, you know, such as you know, South Africa, Mozambique, Zimbabwe, in and um, you know, Zambia, and you know, uh, Botswana, um, it was just totally different experience. So I just stayed with that business for you know around, um, I think, just three years. So I was basically a milkman in Africa. That's a different um, place to do business, I'd imagine. <laughs> exactly, totally different. Um, and then, um, you know, we, we were doing actually very, very good. Very, you know, we, we established a very good, you know, distribution channel. We have been listed in all the massive supermarket chains, which in South Africa would be like, you know, 20, sorry, two, 220 stores of just bars and, you know, and, you know, pick and pays. And, you know, it's just, it's a different scales. Yeah. And I never forget that. Um, I was talking to one of the um, buyers at the time and the CEO of, I think was Super, Super Spar. And, you know, I, I went there and I was just ready to just negotiate in terms of pricing and things like that. They said, they're not really interested in, you know, pricing, all they're interested in, can you actually supply? Yeah. But I remember I, get, I came back to Ireland, I was just talking to suppliers. We could have not supply even one week requirement for the dairy product for all these 220 stores wow yeah you know it's just such a you know big quantity that they needed anyhow in terms of you know understanding the business and you know what's really involved you know just i think i gained some experience there and then after three years we, we got the money um rand um you know a currency fluctuation so um you know the the currency just halved yeah overnight and we you know, we were selling obviously in rand, but you know, we were paying our suppliers in euro. So that was a big That's setback. Not a very economic way, anyway. I can tell you, you don't need to go to Stanford for that. Yeah, exactly. So anyhow, I mean, you know, we just I said, suppose before losing any, you know, money over that, and you know, and just go to a crisis, you know, decided to just, you know, have the exit strategy, and just execute it and just get out. So I came back, you know, got involved with obviously another um, giant tech um, provider, Google, done some work for them um, for, for a few years. And that's where I actually learned how to, you know, manage big teams and, you know, multiple teams and over, um, you know, so many restrictions, continents, you know, cultures and, and things like that, and which I would have been part of it myself. So um, the story goes that, you know, I, for nearly two years, I never met my my line manager because he was somewhere in the States. Even I would just travel to the States, he would go to somewhere somewhere <laughs> else, you know. So that was basically, um, you know, that's that was basically it. Um, and you know, to start something in a tech, I suppose, just before Binaric, I was involved in. Another, um, you know, um, sort of um, supplier, um, you know, um, sort of reseller type, you know, arrangements. And, you know, I was doing good, you know, software application reselling and all that. But I always wanted to be, you know, the person or the company or the people who actually designing these to own the technology to be understanding, you know, to understand what do people want, what the companies are, you know, needing, rather than being a reseller and, you know, just 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 sell a thing that is already made, mm. 
you know, don't get me wrong, you know, I suppose in terms of profitability, it, it was great. But in terms of, you know, creating something to be proud of, it's just you, you never, you know, you never would be, you know, you're selling Microsoft products. Okay, great. You know, it's not really ours. Like, what am I doing? You know, is it, do I really feel that am I adding value? For some people, maybe, but for me, it wasn't. So that's, that's you know, that's where, that's where I, I really wanted to just, to be proud of something and, you know, to start something that it's my idea, you know, it's, it's, it's my legacy, hopefully. Yeah. And, and, and again, just something you brief, briefly touched on it, it. It does mean more when it's yours as well. It's um, you, you, you put in the long hours, you, you, you the sacrifices, it, it is a, it, it's a saying for you, like it does, it is means a lot more when, when, when it's your business and you can see it starting to flourish. You must be immensely proud when, when you, when you see growth. Well, I mean, yes. Um, I, you know, um, I, I feel as a team, okay. I mean, I own this company hundred um, percent. We don't have any, obviously investor at this moment in time and nor we're looking for one at this stage. <laughs> um, but the thing is that, I always, I was always tell, say this. Um, I literally get a goosebump when I see, you know, twenty plus people are working at something and trying to just achieve this goal, yeah. that they understand they're part of it and it becomes a team effort. And you know, it's it's the same goal and it's just, you know, for me at this moment in time, it's more than just owning it or more than just making, you know, m- making a fortune out of it. It's just more about achieving something to be proud of and you know and the same goal i am really um try hard to communicate to the rest of you know team and and they you know they're on the same page and that actually makes you know makes me really more to be motivated because by end of the day you know as you know covid suggested and you know covid happened we, we couldn't know exactly when such a thing going to happen yeah. So as a business, yes, we try our very best. Everybody is just putting the best effort. But by the end of the day, we don't really know what's going to happen tomorrow, you know, next year. And, you know, and we just don't know. So I suppose the best effort is being made towards a goal that is not only about owning or, you know, I mean, just, you know, sort of measuring it with amount of money or revenue we just generate. But you try your very best. I suppose the money will come in if you're doing the right thing. Yeah, that's you know something I've always looked at. If you, if you, if if you're able to stand over the work you're doing, irrespective of what industry you're in, if you're putting as much effort, your maximal possible effort in, you should be getting rewards. And if you, if you're not getting the rewards, there's something different. Then they, either you can't do the job, or you know there's the way you're doing it is wrong, or whatever. But like it is, you know, it's great to see that your team is is rallying and, and making sure that it gets done. It's, it's brilliant. It's uh, as a, as a leader, you must be delighted that they're obviously believing believing yourself and your mission and what you're trying to do, which is great. I am really proud of them, and I always tell them in front of them. We we have a monthly you know company meeting, and I always say, you know, this is this is your effort. It's not. It's not only mine. It's just a collective effort because, you know, I if I could do it by myself, I didn't need to hire you guys. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't need to call you. So probably, so I need you. Yeah. I need you to to do these, 
you know, the work that you do, because as a team, we could be successful, not as a person. And I think, you know, I really hope that to get to the point that, you know, everybody gets rewarded for all the hard work that they're making, you know, that they're putting into um, the company. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Okay, so one last thing, um, and, you know, I, I don't want to take up more of your time. I'm, I'm guessing with, with the product and social housing and that is like government is, is obviously a major partner for what you're trying to do. Uh, you're building AWS first uh, technology stacks, you know, with the recent cyber attacks and something that's happened, that must give you a bit of comfort that uh, think things are pretty okay for, for your ecosystem. But is, is that a, you know, was that a, a thought process from the start building cloud first it was, or is that just how it evolved? No, I mean, well, we always wanted to provide a, a SaaS-based application. That's number one. Hmm. However, the security and, you know, understanding of, you know, how could we, you know, have the data protected and, you know, um, and how could we ensure as a company, you know, we are also covered. So how could we just adapt the best practices out there to make sure that our customers, you know, are, are feel, they feel safe to move to our platform. Mm. So based on that, you know, we, we, we followed, you know, we adapted Amazon, the AWS, you know, recommendation, you know, what, what they are looking for, you know, in terms of, you know, all those securities and, you know, you know, SSLs and certificates and all those kind of stuff, you know, we are fully covered. We even, you know, didn't, didn't feel to reinvent the wheel in terms of, you know, authentication. So we are using either, you know, Amazon, Microsoft or Google authentication systems so that, you know, um, um, so that our, our clients, they feel safe and also, you know, one sort of authentication systems and services in place. Um, so yeah, no, we we definitely designed it um, in this particular way, and we, with my background in infrastructure as well, and I, even though I used to love you know, be very close to the servers and the physical thing, and you know quickly you know became, you know, um, obvious that owning the physical thing is just it's not a way because you have to maintain it you have to you know be able to guarantee the service the connectivity the monitoring you know just lots going on in that so then as a service provider it would be very difficult you know let us as a SaaS based application provider provide the application that would run you know in somewhere like you know AWS so that they are doing their job fantastic they're reliable you know scalable you know we are not an infrastructure company so we have decided to just move towards you know one thing and do one thing and hopefully you know we, we, are, we are doing it right yeah it's a, it's a big advantage for a lot of businesses that have grown the last four or five years is, is been able to do that I, I i sometimes nearly feel sorry for companies that may, may have founded about seven eight years ago because they just missed the cusp of the wave of being serverless and you know, scalability is key and been able to, you know, get more with AWS or whatever provider it is. It's, it, it, it's great. Um, so last question, I'll let you go after this, I promise. Um, sure. 12 months, 18 months in, the business is where it is now. What would be the biggest learning as, a, as an entrepreneur now, as, as, a, as a, you know, it, it's going well, what would be your big learning or what would you 
want to give to somebody who's maybe sitting at their desk and going, that could be me? Yeah, um, I suppose, you know, understand what you want to achieve, you know, figure out that goal. Okay, mm. what is it that you want to achieve? You know, and once you once you do that, and I suppose planning, 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 you know, as they say, you know, measure twice, cut once, yeah. you know, it's very important because unfortunately, at least in my situation, I don't particularly coming from a rich background or, you know, I don't have a rich uncle. So, you know, you know that you're on your own, you know that, you know, you have to plan, you know, you have to pay pages. It's okay to be able to, you know, bring one or two friends to do, you know, some codes for you or do this and do that. But by the end of the day, if you want to convert it to the business, you know, you need to be reliable because the, you know, the potential customers or especially if you're B2B, you know, it's very difficult to sign up, you know, bigger companies, which that's where your profitability would come in from. And if, if they don't feel that, you know, you could actually support them because yeah. the biggest thing in the industry is that, well, you say that you can provide A, B, and C, but can you also guarantee the support? Can you guarantee the, you know, um, a proper life cycle of that particular application? You know, would you go out of business, you know, um, or are you going to be stable? So there's a lot of that is going on. So the business itself, you know, the uh, one good idea, it's just a good idea. There are lots of good ideas out there, much better than mine. But the execution of the good idea and then, you know, trying to take it to the maturity and focus on that particular idea and understand it and always partner up with the right people, whether it's through hiring, you know, co-founding or anything like that. It's very important. And, you know, my last, based on my experience, your very first customer, if you're doing any implementation, make sure that customer is right for you. Yeah. Okay. That's the biggest thing. If you're starting something, most likely you're going to, you know, you don't have it right from day one. You can't, you can't know it all. And, and your customer, the, cost, the first customer that you choose, the customer is choosing you too. So then they're probably going to be more resilient towards issues and problems and, you know, they, they will work with you. So that's, that's a very important. Um, and, you know, the very last thing, I suppose, build a culture. If you're planning to build a company, not just provide the idea, build a culture from day one with, you know, with your people and, you know, be open, direct, and you know, honest with with people. People, I think sometimes we, we don't give enough credit, you know, to one another, another. And and based on that, we try to maybe smooth, you know, have things a little bit more digested than we say it. But I suppose when is when is when is straight, when is is the truth, when is you know the reality, people can deal with it, and that's their choice. Yeah, hundred percent. Honesty wins every day. That's always yeah. <laughs> be true to yourself it's too hard to, to it's too hard it's too much headaches not to be uh, but Ari thanks Mill, for your time today it's been a pleasure no to problem. get to know you the business seems to be super and I'm flying along so best of luck with that and uh, we'll talk soon thank you very much again okay cheers so that was Ari Poor CEO and founder of Bineric a really interesting business 
social housing is such a massive problem, uh, really clever solution focused on data to, to solve problems. Um, if you've enjoyed that, please sign up uh, to Dublin Tech Talks on our LinkedIn, YouTube or on our social channels. Um, speak to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.